Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to another of the Brisbane Football Reviews NPL Sunday shows a recap. All the action on and off field in Queensland in the last seven days. Adam, it's been a busy week. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's uh, has been a busy week. A uh, bit of sort of you know. Bit of drama and controversy as well, out and about around the grounds. But uh, all in all, another uh, cracking weekend. There'd never be any controversy or drama. No, we'll jump straight in because there's plenty of on-field and off-field action in league and cup action. We will start, Adam, with the NPL men's of men's competitions transfer window opening on Wednesday. Now I'm not going to read through all of the confirmed deals to date. We'll put them out on our socials at the end of the window. But what's caught your eye so far? I think I think the biggest um, the biggest move I think was probably one of the first moves, and that was uh, the announcement of uh, Mitch Nichols going to Olympic, which I think around the traps uh, was probably the worst kept secret in uh, Queensland football that uh, obviously had more than a few people tell us uh, that. But obviously, you know, as as we respect the clubs, uh, we we sort of you know, waited until the news came out, and it came out. On Thursday, so that that was a, that was a uh, fairly seismic move for the uh, former Raw, uh, Western Sydney, uh, some of the other teams that A League teams played the most from, Perth, and also Melbourne, Perth, yeah. Australia. Yeah, so so yeah, so that, that I think yeah, obviously a player of his stature, you know, moving to Olympic, uh, they obviously need some help in the midfield, and I guess we'll see what happens uh, as, as as he sort of gets acquainted with his new teammates. Absolutely. We certainly did hear that one more than once or twice over the last couple of weeks ahead of the official transfer window opening. But I think you could also look at the other one which caught my eye was a player moving to Gold Coast Knights, talking about Mitch Nichols moving on. Ante Poliak went from Peninsula Power to Gold Coast Knights, played for them today against Lions. And we'll talk about his impact on the field in a minute when we get to their game, Adam. But we, we know what a really good player he's been for power in the first half of the year. And if you can take that form down the Gold Coast, they'll certainly add a fair few goals to their side. So for me, that's probably the one that's caught my eye apart from Mitch Nichols. Yeah, no, uh, certainly you know, a player of, uh, of top pedigree and he he will certainly improve that uh, that Gold Coast uh, Knight, Knights team amongst a number of signings that, uh, for Gold Coast Knights have been very busy both inwards and outwards. So obviously something uh, has needed to change at, at Carrara and they've sort of uh, gone about and done their business. They most certainly have now. We'll see what happens in the next few days regarding the rest of the window. But we're going to move on to on-field action now, Adam. And we're going to start off in... We normally start with the NPL men's. We're going to start off with the Australia Cup this week. Round seven, those ties were played on Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to start with the game which you attended on Tuesday night out there at Corporate Travel Management Stadium between Brisbane City and Lions FC. And after the comprehensive win for Lions in the first game on the in the league game at the weekend, Adam... I don't think anyone saw this result coming. It was Brisbane City 4, Lions SC 2. Goals from Jackson Simpkin, Brandon Rees, Yuta Hirayama and Kai Bolton for the home side. Zach Maltby got a late brace for Lions, but where on earth did Brisbane City pull this result from, Adam? 
It's, uh, I guess, a case that, you know, the only way was up. I'd, I'd say after that 7-0 thrashing at, at the gold line on Saturday night. And, uh, yeah, look, this one, I don't even think that the most ardent of uh, Bristol City supporters would have guessed uh, that there would have been a turnaround. They expected a bounce back. No, no one expected another thrashing, you know, you know, to be met out by lines, but yeah, the, the turnaround was you know, was it was extraordinary. Yeah, uh, they they came out a much better side. They, they absorbed a lot of pressure early on, which I guess was the first thing they had to believe themselves that they could they could sort of you know keep the 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 um, lions attacking you know sort of juggernaut at bay, and they did that for the you know, majority of the first half. You know. We're able to uh, get a bit of a sucker punch uh, goal, you know, against our play through Jackson Simpkins' header, and then second half they they were the team that came out with confidence, and it just cascaded where you know they were three 0 up, and basically were um, basically were sort of you know, on top where Lions are chasing the game, uh, the fourth the fourth and final goal. I like I said, uh, it's been a while since I've heard Spencer Park, you know, go you know be that loud. I think that was a great moment and a great finish by Kai Bolton, which I know is a video that has been circulating around on social media a lot. Uh, probably the only person probably that didn't want to see is uh, Lions supporter Hassan Ramazani. Yes, well, I have seen that video. I was watching the other game the night between Rosedale and Prince of Power, so I can't comment too much on the matchup that you were there for, but it seemed like Brisbane City did sit a lot deeper in this matchup. They seemed like they were defending much more stoutly in this game. That was obviously the adjustment that Matt Smith was going for in the after the result at the weekend. Yeah, no, that's and that's like a sign of a, of a good team. Is that you know, okay, they got they got embarrassed, you know, on on in the league game. But they learned from their mistake and they and they adjusted accordingly and they didn't go in with fear against uh against uh, Lions on, on the Tuesday night for the Cup. And we, we always say that the league league versus the Cup, they, they seem to be two different animals. And, and you know, we, we continually are amazed by, you know, especially when teams do play each other, you know, in very, very close succession, you know, how, how the games change based on, you know, based on sort of, you know, a couple of days' notice. So... So it's 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 I think it's that's a sign of a good team and you know I think I think City will be very very you know, good representatives being a sort of a former NSL team so they'll obviously have you know name recognition around the country as well and uh, yeah let's uh, you know fingers crossed that you now we see a, a national Australia Cup night at Spencer Park that or, would be absolutely management stadium I should say either way whichever way you want to call it I'm sure they won't mind what it gets called if they can host a Australia Cup. Round of 32 matchup because this is the first time Brisbane City have qualified for this round. They've been to round seven twice before, lost to their their rivals Olympic a few years ago, as well as Lions at the same round last year. So they've been knocking on the door a couple of times. And you, having been around there, you've seen the improvement that Brisbane City have made to their club on and off the field in the last couple of years. So this is a really great reward for them to be on the national stage once again, hopefully showing off their facilities with a home tie against maybe another A-League side or another MPL, so I'll have to wait and see, but it's a great reward for Brisbane City to get back to the national stage. Absolutely, and to see where they were, you know, 18 months ago, you know, where they got relegated, it just seemed like the place was sort of, you know, literally falling apart. Uh, and even in great adversity with the floods in February, you know, the way the club has bounced back. Um, look, it, it's, it's really one of the good stories, you know, that in Queensland football, you know, the, the sort of the rise and the, you know, the, the rise and fall and, and you know, and the resurrection of, of Brisbane City. You know, it, it is, it has been a good, a good story. 
it most certainly is. Wolford seeing what they can do on the national stage. So after the game, you caught up with the captain and defender, Daniel Bowles. That's what Daniel had to say after his side qualified for the national round of 32 for the first time. I'm joined by the captain of Brisbane Sea, Daniel Bowles. Bowlesy, first of all, take mine back to 72 hours. 7-0 loss to Lions in, in the league. What was said? You know, I think we, um, you know, it was a tough night for us um, a few nights ago, but I think, you know, we needed to take a, um, everyone needed to take a look in the mirror and, you know, reflect on the things that we could have done better. And, you know, we, we had some tough, tough conversations with each other and, you know, we know we're a good team. Um, we seem to back ourselves and be confident. And, you know, I think tonight we, you know, couldn't have bounced back any better. All the boys, um, every single one who was involved, you know, showed um, great bravery and, and there were so many leaders on the pitch tonight and, you know, we really had, to, we really fought for that one and, you know, um, you know, it's never, it's never nice losing, you know, by any margin to the Lions, especially, you know, by so many goals like we did. So, you know, the, the comeback tonight, um, you know, it just made it that little bit even more sweeter. Obviously, um, there seems to be more sort of resilience in defence tonight. Uh, obviously, was that something that was worked upon, you know, spoken about? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, it, it didn't help, obviously, that we had 10 men um, for the majority of the game last week. But, you know, it's, it's no excuse. We... Um, we still definitely need to do better and we need to, could have prevented um, you know, quite a few of those goals. So, you know, we, we definitely um, defended a lot better collectively tonight as a team and we showed a lot more resilience and, you know, that's something we need to do for the rest of the season and, you know, we really need to um, keep this momentum um, pushing us forward for the rest of the year. Obviously, parking the league to one side, you now you get to uh, look ahead to the round of 32 national rounds. Uh, first time for the club in this competition, in the national rounds, what does it mean to the club? You know, I think it's, it's just huge for the club. You know, a club with um, such fantastic history, you know, it, for us to be able to be, um, be the first team to make it to this far in the competition is, you know, a real privilege for everyone in the team. And, you know, we had some old boys talk to us before the game as well, you know, just letting us know what, um, what this club means to them and to so many people. So, you know, it's great that we can, um, you know, be able to give us that joy, hopefully, to the to the club and you know um you know hopefully give them a bit of a reward for all their support and you know um we can keep going why not sandy question though always ask every team that qualifies uh round three two is there a team that you prefer to face going forward in round three two um i don't think we have yeah 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 i don't think we have um, anyone in particular in mind but i think you know it'd be a fantastic opportunity for lots of the boys to if we got an interstate team or something away it'd be great for everyone to, you know, get the opportunity to travel um, in a state and, and play a game, which I think lots of boys um, might not have had the opportunity to do. So, you know, that'd be awesome if we can get someone away. Um, why not a Melbourne victory or a big club? Why not? Let's go for it. Or even perhaps a team in Orange that uh, down the road. Yeah, exactly. That'd be boring, though. We want to go for a, <laughs> want to go on a plane somewhere. So, you'll see. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Daniel. Congratulations on the win tonight. Thank you very much. And thank you to Daniel Bowles talking to Adam there. We'll move on to the other two games played from round seven and also on Tuesday night, it was a win for Peninsula Power qualifying for the third time to the round of 32 with a 2-0 win away from home over Roadster Rovers goals from Brody Boyce and Josh Woolley for the 10-man Peninsula Power after Jesse Rigby was sent off midway through the first half, Adam. And despite the fact that send-off was questionable at best, Peninsula Power were clearly the better side in this game and thoroughly deserved their passage through to the national rounds once again. Yeah, this this was a very very brave effort. I didn't obviously watch the game live, obviously because I was at um, 
at the City versus Lions uh, game, but from what I saw of the game, this was a very, very clinical effort. Even without you know, down to 10 men, there, there was no panic. It was just a readjustment at the back. And, uh, yeah, look, uh, I think Peninsula Power certainly thoroughly deserved their um, their, their place in uh, in the round of 32. For, for Rochdale, it just seemed like that, you know, they it might be an opportunity squandered that they, they certainly didn't, you know, probably put their best foot forward as far as, you know, you know, their 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 form in the league at the moment, FQPL one, they are the league leaders and couple of league leaders at the moment. Uh this was probably a prime opportunity for them. But uh look, you know, this is the first time to round seven. So yeah, they they'll come they'll they'll come back, you know, and you know, who knows what the future holds. It's not it's not a bad effort from them this year, but they probably met a superior team uh on the night. They did, and they were probably outplayed in fairness. So they had a couple of half chances, but we were clearly the beaten side on the night. We'll see what the, they did bounce back, but we'll get to that later on. The final game from round seven of the Australia Cup played in southeast Queensland this week, Adam, was at Conubia Park, not far from Rochelle, actually, where the home side Logan Lightning qualified for the national rounds for the first time with a 5-0 win over Sunshine Coast. Fire two goals from Jacob Fullock, two from Eddie Bidwell, and the opener from Dante Mariner. They were just far too good for the fire, weren't they? Yeah, I guess another team that sort of um, sort of uh, took took their chances, and obviously that that win that win over Olympic the previous week in round six. Obviously they went in as heavy favourites to um, to to get through, and even though Sunshine Coast Fire had been in form. Uh, there really was only one team in, in you know that was sort of going to go through, and that that was fairly early on. And uh, look, congratulations to Logan. Uh, they're a first-time qualifier for um, for the round of three two. Uh, and look, we uh, wish them we wish them well. Absolutely, as we, do two, with, as we do with all the Queensland teams. Absolutely, it's two new qualifiers from Southeast Queensland, which is always great to see some new teams get their opportunity. The final spot in Queensland will go to either Edgefield United or Magpies because they are due to play. In a couple of weeks, time we'll bring that result to you when that game does take place. We'll move on. So, sorry, Adam, go ahead. Oh no, 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 um, no! I was just saying, yeah, that's actually next Saturday night. There you go. That, we'll that bring that result to you next Tiger, weekend. Tiger Park. Good luck to both sides in that one. We'll move on now to the NPL men's results from round 15 over the weekend, and we will start off with the game which we covered on our social media platforms on Saturday between Brisbane City and Olympic FC, which was a one-all draw out there at Spencer Park. Opening goal from Yuta Hirayama on the half-hour mark. A late goal for Costa Saros, giving Olympic a share of the spoils, which on territory and possession alone, Adam, you'd have to say, was a deserved equaliser. Yeah, they... Um, obviously, uh, a couple of, couple of new players, namely Mitch Nichols, did start... For Olympic, and it seemed like that for the first for the first half at least, and you know maybe for a bit of the second half, the, the usual game plan. I think it just seemed a little bit uh, awry. I don't know if it was a case of you know trying to fit a new player into into their system straight away, or the fact that you know Ben Calm was on the sidelines. He was he was uh, unavailable uh, for for that uh, for that game game at uh, Corporate Travel Management Stadium. So I don't know if it was a combination of that, but they um they really Olympic it wasn't clicking for them in probably for the first 60 minutes of that game. And look, I think City City were good. They 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 looked they looked comfortable most of that. But yeah, look uh look Costa Saros, he's always a threat, you know, as as a as a impact sub and he he came to the fore with a late goal. 
Yeah, watching this game in person, the few things that were really noticeable with City firstly was how defensively deep they were, seeing how resolute they were defensively. They were sitting low in the defensive block. They were very hard to break down and condensing the space for Olympic. And they did that really, really effectively. And I think that was probably a big part of their plan from the game against Lions midweek as well, which they carried over and it worked quite effectively for them. But with Olympic, they looked a lot better when they brought Zach Kierpel on in the second half to be a reference point for them up front. In the first half, it seemed like they were just lacking a player in that central attacking area, which they normally do have with Kierpel every week. They brought him off the bench at halftime and they did look a lot better, but they also threw a lot of things at the wall at him in terms of ideas of trying to restructure things. I think at one point they had Takeru Okada playing out there at right back and then Shelford Day is pushed into that more central attacking role, which we saw him play last year. And then Costa Saros came on and actually scored from right back. So it did certainly show that they are not scared to put attacking players in positions to, to score goals. And it might seem funny putting wingers at fullback, but it paid off for them on the night. Well, it's where the space was in the end, that, and that's how basically Costa Saros was able to ghost in, and you know he he was the open man, and you know out wide, and yeah, look, he is probably in form. He's probably one of the best you know, shot takers in you know in the league, and as far as most lethal. So to give him space in width, if he's coming off the long run, coming back from a right back position, and there's not defenders picking him up. Uh, look, the, the, he is very, very dangerous. But uh, yeah, I don't think that this Olympic side these days are built for you know, having the false nine. It has worked for him previous seasons. But look, when you've got a player like Zach Kierpal, uh you're sort of almost obliged to play him almost every week unless he's unavailable. Because uh, it, it's just so noticeable. Like, I think notionally when we sort of looked at the lineups, uh, I don't know how it actually... It was actually play out on the ground, but we thought that, you know, Daniel Leck was going to be the, the player that goes into that number nine role with Mitch Nichols coming in and so, as well as Lachlan Sayers, who were two notionally defensive midfielders or at least central midfielders. Um, but yeah, I, Leck seemed to be very, very deep uh, for, the, for that first half. So I don't know whether there was a different idea that they had for him other than play, and just playing two wide wingers and no, and no nine or it was just, it was just, yeah, it just seemed very weird and sort of very, you know, haphazard as far as the tactics go. But uh, certainly once Kierpal came on, uh, there seemed to be a lot more structure and that, that's where they were able to get, at least get the equaliser. But look, uh, City, you know, their form continued from that, from their cup game. They, they, they were very, very good. Uh, they, I think, they were, I guess, you know, in fairness, I think a point, uh, each, I think it's probably a fair result in the end. Not sure what's happened, so probably just trying a whole bunch of different things to see what it works with all the new players. Also, what Cyan Cuba in in midweek as well, and he came off the bench and had an impact as well. So they're probably trying a bunch of different things. But with Mitch Nixon in particular, one thing I did notice is he was playing a bit further forward than we saw him play at Gold Coast Knights. So it was Steve White who was the deepest line of the midfield players, and Mitch Nichols was given more license to get further forward. And I think that's probably the way they're going to get the best out of him. Do you agree with that? I think it's it's uh, going to be the best to get out of Mitch Nichols. I just don't know if it's the best use for Steve White. I think uh, Steve White. I think he he obviously as well is a sim- similar type of player that you know is is, is sort of more creative than defensive. Uh, but look, you know, we, we say the same thing, you know, with the Brisbane Royal League team with Jay O'Shea that you know, yeah, you know, we try and try and figure out what his best position is in that midfield, whether he's a, he's an attacking midfield, defensive midfielder, or you know, a bit of both or a bit of everything. So look, uh, at this stage, at this stage of junction, you know, I guess we're just going to watch and see how this develops. And, you know, when Ben Khan gets more time to, you know, to sort of assess everything in, in sort of, you know, in plainness and, and, and sort of work on it, maybe something will evolve from it. 
Absolutely. Now, after the game, I caught up with the the coach, technical director, and player of Brisbane City, Matt Smith, as well as the assistant coach of Olympic, Richard Greer. So let's see what they had to say after the sides split the points in a one-all draw on Saturday night. I joined by the coach of Brisbane City, Matt Smith. Matt, one-all draw here. You side played so well for so long, gave up the late goal. You must be happy with the performance overall, though. Oh, it's been a massive week. Um, I was saying to the players just before, obviously, things... Things didn't go our way last week against Lions and to, and to come away from that and for the group to show a lot of the, the resilience, um, the reaction. Um, you know, I can't, I can't put my, my players' effort. Ten men against Lions last week was a, was a tall ask for, for 80-odd minutes. They are back up again Tuesday and, and put in the performance that they did and then back, and then back again against Olympic. But you know, they're two of the top teams in the state. You know, so for my players to be able to take on take on their roles and responsibilities to action them, um, and look, they're two great sides, and credit to both of them. I'm sure that they'll tussle it out towards the end of towards the end of the season. But I couldn't be proud of my boys for for what they've gone through the, these last couple of weeks. What did you say after the game full time last week against Lions? After that, didn't quite go your way to get a response. Firstly, in midweek, and then today as well. Initially, you don't say nothing. Initially, I think sometimes people, or in my opinion, sometimes you can be quick to. Quick, quick, quick to talk too early, and it's all about context. We, we weren't happy with the 7-0. There's no doubt about that. As a club, we that, that, that's nowhere near our standards. But from a context, when when you go 10 men down early, and then you you pop three goals within 15 or 16 minutes, um, you know it's a very, very big R. So to contextualise that, like the whole season, we haven't been far off. Clinical moments. You know, I think that again, we continue to perform like that. We'll continue to grow. And, um, and look, again, I, I couldn't ask for any more from my players tonight. And just finally, um, these two performances midweek, and so is that now the standard you're looking to be met consistently for the rest of the season? It's always our standard, like I said. Like we, 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 have, we have ambitions to, to keep improving as a group, to keep building as a group. You know, we knew that, that we knew this season was what was going to be a step up from last season. There's some very good players and some very good teams and very good coaches in this league. So, um, again, in a lot of the performances, there's only been certain parts of games in other performances where we haven't where we haven't been anywhere near the level. But on on the whole, we've we've been well and truly in games. And again, like you know, we're we're creating chances, we're taking chances. You know, we we seem to be conceding less opportunities to opposition and being more um, uh, showing a little bit more desperation in organisation defensively as well. So again, there's lots of football, um, and we, we we look forward to hosting Gold Coast Knights next week. Yeah. Congratulations on the point and good luck going forward. Thank, Thank you very much. Talk to the assistant coach Olympic here, Richard Greer. Richard, a one-all draw here at Spencer Park against Ian Thurston. So you had to fight hard to get the point. You must be happy in the end to come away with something. Yeah, obviously, obviously happy to take away a point from City. You know, all, all fans of City, they aren't hard to play. They started in deep and they got us on a couple of times and took their goal. But yeah, definitely happy to get away here with a point. But chances created, probably should have taken a win. But you know, the boys dug deep and we'll take it. Were you pleased with the improved performance based on the performance last week against Gold Coast? Yeah, look, I don't. I don't think the result against Gold Coast reflected the performance. Um, it was one of those games, you know, we said to the boys in our review that the performance against Gold Coast wasn't bad. Um, we created chances, possession was good, just one of those nights for Gold Coast. Um, but, of course, coming here, taking a point, probably an improvement from points. Uh, a couple of new faces in the squad this week, Mitch Nichols, Cy and Kiwi, happy with the way they integrated themselves into the squad yeah, today? Yeah, 100%. You know, you saw, you saw how good Mitch is. You know, Mitch is getting on, but he can still play football. Um, and obviously, Sian, he'll, he'll come into the group and he'll add something to us as well. Um, so, yeah, definitely pleased with both of them. Just finally, how did you enjoy being the uh, main man tonight? Different. <laughs> Different? No, nah, it was good. Obviously, you know, ben, there's a reason why Ben's, for me, the best in the league. Um, and he was missed tonight, but, you know, he's back on deck next week and uh, we'll go again. But, yeah, it was, it was enjoyable, but... 
you know, Ben's the best in the league for a reason. Thanks for your time, Richard, and good luck going forward. Thank you. And thank you to Matt and Richard for their time on Saturday night out there. We'll move on to the rest of the round here. Adam, starting off up at AJ Kelly Park, where it was a 3-2 win for Peninsula Power over Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Three goals for Sam Cronin on his return. Riley Campbell and Karen Walters on the score sheet for the Wanderers. And it's just great to see Sam Cronin back and playing really well for Peninsula Power, as we know he can. When he when he's fit and healthy, he's he's one of the best players in the league, and that's just yeah proof. Look, uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers are a very very tough team to to beat, and uh, yeah, look, a late winner uh, gets the job done. Although uh, from what sort of yeah we were hearing, uh, there's a bit of controversy in in that uh, that uh, so I think Sunshine Coast supporters feel a little grieved about as far as you know a couple of missed penalties or non-given penalties. Look, you know, much of muchness. That is for sure. Logan and Brisbane Raw Academy played out a nil-all draw on Saturday out there at Canoobie Park. Won't talk about that one too much, Adam, because it sounds like it wasn't a game with too many highlights to speak of. We will move on to Albany Creek, where Morton Bay United had a 6-0 win over Gold Coast. You know, two goals for Rio Ono, two for Lyndon Farr, Nathan Beagley and Marquez Walters on the score sheet there for Morton Bay in, in a really good result for them, and they are gathering some momentum quite nicely after a bit of a slow start to the year. When uh, you know Morton Bay, you know, start clicking at Walter Park, they they can score, they can score goals, and this this is a they beat a Gold Coast United team that you know one week ago beat Olympic five one. So that, that, that's all about uh, turnaround form. But uh, yeah, Morton Bay have all of a sudden they've gone from you know, is there worries you know about relegation to they they they're pushing for finals. Um, so as we said, as we said that you know a couple of wins back to back. And all of a sudden, you go from you know worrying worrying what's behind you to you know seeing what's in front of you. Morton Bay certainly does that. Absolutely. Moving on to the games played on Sunday now, and teams who are picking up results and worrying about what's ahead of them instead of what's behind them. Eastern Suburbs had a three-one win over Capalabar to round out the round. Goals from Alex Simmons, Lawrence Kent, and Peter Clarkson cancelling out the goal from Luke Murphy. And it's a result that again, like most teams, have been up against Capalabar. Just got to get the get the points any way you can, and East each able to do that quite effectively. Yeah, no, East East uh, get the job done. They and also as well, they're sort of you know gathering, you know gathering points where they require where they require again. They're they're sort of they're they're round and about as well. You know, that you know a good a good run, and uh, and that they will all of a sudden you know finals football for them you know could could be a reality. Absolutely. And the final game played earlier on Sunday afternoon was a one-all draw between Gold Coast Knights and Lions FC, the 10-man Lions FC holding on for a point. Now, and Ante Poliak gave the home side the lead right on the stroke of halftime with a with a perfect free kick, Adam, before an equaliser from Sean Carlos just after the halftime break got Lions a, a point in what was a really good game, this game between two sides, which played some good football and plenty of niggle between these two sides as well. Oh, you could never, you never um, discount the entertainment value, you know, between these two sides. These two sides are always go for it. You know, it's an always competitive game. Um, I really feel sorry for Hassan Ramazani. His sort of, you know, torturous week got just got worse, uh, and he'll have a week to think about now because he uh, was shown a straight red card for denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, which then uh, Ante Poliak, you know, was able to to fire in uh, for, from, for a free kick gave Mumford no chance. So, so yeah, that was sort of, you know, a, you know, a really dramatic, you know, sort of, you know, moment of the game. But, uh, 
yeah, the goal the goal that the Gold Coast Knights were con, you know conceded was a very was very soft in my opinion that they just did not pick up Sean Carlos at the far post from a corner and he he was able to sort of go you know, to head home and uh, it's one all and I think from there I think yeah you know, it, it was a game that you know yeah playing niggle you know, very, you know you know, a lot of you know, good chances, but at the end, then probably you know, a, a point each is probably a fair result. Absolutely, I'm sure Gold Coast will be ruining that lapse of concentration and allowed Sean Carlos to sneak in there at the back post. We'll go through the table now very, very quickly. Lions FC sit top of the table on 33 points. They have a six-point lead over Olympic FC, who have a game in hand. Third place is Peninsula Power on 26 points ahead of Gold Coast Knights. 23, Gold Coast United 20, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 19, Morton Bay 18, East 18, Brisbane City 12, Logan 10, Brisbane Roar Academy on 9, and Capalaba on 3. So, as we said, Adam, it is there are teams now closing into where they're within touching distance of the top four. It's just can any of them actually get over the line and actually tip out one of the projected top four and, and make it to the finals? Uh, that one of these teams are going to need to make a run at some point and you know, and beat a couple of those those teams. At at the moment, uh, Gold Coast Knights are in fourth place on twenty three points, but they've got they've, games in hand. They've though. got plenty of games in hand, so realistically, uh, it's it's a two, it's a two game margin at the moment. Uh, so, for example, Gold Coast United uh, could probably get onto the heels of Pinchot Power, but uh, yeah, their goal difference took a massive hit on. Uh, on Saturday night. So I think that they obviously need to find an extra win somewhere there. So uh, it, it's, there's this mathematically, I think that there's obviously um, plenty of chances, but someone's going to need to go on a run. Absolutely. It's just up a very interesting second half of the season. We'll move on now to NPL wins actually from around nine, starting off with Eastern Suburbs with a five, three win over Olympic on Friday night. Two goals from Zoe Lambie in that game gave them a, the points, Adam, in a game where they had to fight back from being a couple of goals down at halftime to, to get a result. Yeah, Olympic were travelling well at 3-1 in about 60th minutes, and then East of Suburbs just absolutely found another gear, and they rocketed home for a 5-3 win. Um, look, there is there is one thing that I, I don't know if it, how widespread, and I guess we'll see we'll see in the coming days, especially uh, if if this uh, if an incident I guess uh, that was reported on, on uh, the Southeast Queensland community uh, pages on that came to light Saturday morning um, about an allegation of some you know, inappropriate comments made by uh, the an individual, Let's yeah, an individual. individual that uh, purportedly was representing East, directed towards uh, Olympic goalkeeper Chantel Symes. Apparently, it's been, it was dealt with on the night. Obviously, yeah, the, the pile-on continued when a person who was not connected decided to go and post it on social media. So, obviously, you got 55 different versions of the events. Look, if... It's one of those things where it is really unfortunate that if if there is truth in the allegations, um, it's a really really you know bad look you know even in, in men's football even and it's not just a women's football thing as some people try to sort of you know you know indignify it as you know what in football in general it's not it's not on and look if there's any action that's to be taken that's in the hands of FQ but uh, look really disappointed to wake up on Saturday morning and read about that it's not what you want because I think it takes a gloss off what was a good East win. 
for sure. It's not what you want to hear, no doubt about that. And we'll move on to the other games played from round nine. Starting off with Gold Coast United had a 2-0 win over the QAS on Saturday night. Goals from Bronte, Rose and Dee Thompson at the back end of each half. And after a slowish start to the year, Gold Coast back-to-back wins and they are starting to find a bit of form at them, as we expected they would. Yeah, uh, it was it was a, it was a bit of amount of time before it came, and uh, I think I think it's here. So, so yeah, no, a good a good win there. Absolutely, we'll move on to Lions FC had a seven-one win over Moreton Bay United. Goals from Tegan Thompson in the seventh, thirteenth, fortieth, fifty-eighth, sixty-sixth, and ninth minute, making it six for her on the night. Tia Apo also got herself on the score sheet. Adam, what's more? Intriguing for you out of this is it Lions scoring seven goals with none of the big names scoring, or is it Tegan Thompson's move to the front third really starting to pay off? Ah, look, that's a very good question because uh, I, I think, yeah, obviously, yeah, look, uh, Tegan Thompson scoring six goals, like, you know, who saw that coming? That's uh, look, she, she's she's capable of scoring a goal or two, but obviously, you know, she, as a wide wide attacking player, normally it's it's Tegan Riding or you know Amy Gunston that gets the that gets a lot of plaudits. But obviously, she decided I'm I'm taking I'm taking you know, these goals, and yeah, it may it may have uh, found yet another attacking weapon at uh, Rob Askew's disposal, which is just darn right scary. They just find different ways to evolve. Great, that's the last thing everyone needs is another yeah. great attacking weapon for Lions to see, but a very good result at home there for them in that one. The final game was on Sunday night between Sunset Coast Wanderers and Capalaba down there at John Fedricks Park. It was a 2-0 win for the visitors. Gosselin Louise Roth and Chanel Harrison. Sunset Coast Wanderers are proven to be a really competitive side this year. Uh, yep, they they are, and I think uh, they they deserve they deserve the win uh, against what it was reported as an understrength Capalabar uh, team. Obviously, uh, Larissa Cromo actually played this morning over in Huelva, Spain. In, yeah, and what was yes the uh, that was a Huelva of a uh, game that one. Thank uh, you. Yeah, so and they also had a number of players unavailable through injury. Uh, and, and other sort of reasons, which which they they were vastly under strength, and Sunshine Coast took their opportunity and a good two 0 win for them. Absolutely, we'll look at the table now. Lions just see they do sit ten points clear on top of the table now, on twenty four points ahead of Eastern Suburbs fourteen, Capalabar thirteen, Sunshine Coast Wanderers twelve, Gold Coast United up into fifth now on nine points, and you've got Olympic on seven, QAS six, South United five and Morton Bay rounding at the table on five. So it's very even still, Adam, but it's just hard to see anybody. We said it's, very, it's hard to see anybody challenging lines, at least for the premiership anyway. Now, as far as the premiership goes, if you're, if you're betting on a payout, payout yeah, now. responsibly. Because uh, it's a telling factor when the team on top of the ladder is has got is further points margin away than the bottom team is from second place. It is. I'm not, I don't work for any gambling companies, but gamble responsibly. And we will move on to the FQPL1, where there was one game played midweek, Adam, between Western Pride and Southside Eagles. They had a 4-1 four, four, win at home there for Western Pride. Two goals from Braden Doolan in that one, helping them get the points. And they backed it up on Friday night with a 2-0 win in round 15 over Southwest Queensland Thunder. Another goal for Braden Doolan in that one, as well as Nathan Yoon. So six points in the last week, and Western Pride has certainly moved from being a Suddenly, mid-regular part from being a finals contender to could they potentially jag one of those promotion spots, Adam? They're going to need a win against the grain against uh, 
against the Redlands or Rochdale. I'm not sure. If, I know they, they do play Redlands later in the season. I'm not sure if they've played two games against uh, Rochdale yet. But uh, as far as uh, getting into second place, it's certainly achievable in promotion. A premiership might be a bit more of an ask. I think Rochdale have got, you know, a, a, a vice grip on that at the moment. But uh, look, they, they're, playing, they're playing some good football. They most certainly are. The other game playing Friday night also has some real significance for the top of FQPL1. It was a top of the table clash between Rochdale Rose and Redlands United, and it was a 2-1 win for Rochdale over Redlands. A late winner from Alex Warlow. That could prove to be absolutely crucial for Rochdale and a great bounce back for them after their loss in the Cup earlier in the week. Yeah, and that's the aforementioned iron grip you know, came directly from that that win for Rochdale over Redlands. And yeah, look, you're right. I think that the bounce back, you know, is a good thing that you know, as we've as we've seen with a number of teams in other leagues, that you know, a loss in the uh, a loss in the cup has sort of resulted in a bit of a form dip, you know, to, you know back to the league. So for them to sort of come back, come back and uh, get the job done in a big game. On Friday night, I think that's a feather in their cap. Absolutely. Other games from round 15 in the FQPL one. May Prescott says with a 4-1 win over Sunshine Coast five two goals from Michael Isle and the recently signed Morgan Saunders gave them the points in that one. Southside Eagles two one winners over Caboolture and in the bottom of the table clash, Ipswich Knights had a two one win away from home against Mitchelton. So a couple of really important results there on the road for teams. Adam, not not Magpies, but also for Ipswich Knights who move. Off the bottom of the table now. Yeah, no, it's a that's a big win for uh, Ipswich against Mitchelton. That uh, that you know that, that consigns Mitchelton to the automatic uh, the automatic uh, relegation place at the moment. Ipswich now in jail, but at least uh, if the season was to end today in in these positions, uh, Ipswich would take on the third team in FQPL two uh, for for that uh, in that playoff. So. Uh, certainly important win, but also as well, they get them within two points of uh, Southside Eagles. So maybe Ipswich Knights going down has not done a deal just yet. And another thing I mentioned about Ipswich Knights, I haven't spoken about it much on the show this year, is they're another one of these clubs whose start to the year was completely put on the back burner because of the issues with the flooding of their facilities. So perhaps now we're starting to see the absolute best of Ipswich Knights with those issues further behind them. Yeah, no, that's uh, and Mitchelton, another team that. That you know were they also suffer from that, and I think it's just a case of you know getting, you know selling down, getting everything back to normal again. So look, it'll be it'd be a shame to see Mitchelton, uh, you know, you know, are in that are in trouble like this because you know they're obviously a side that have come you know perilously close you know to to you know being you know in in the frame for you know, promotion to MPL. So to see them go sort of you know, down you know, down the hatch, I think would be, would be disappointing. But they've, they've also had a challenging year as well. So I think that that would be sort of a reason. But uh, look, in the, as far as the race for the, the um, relegation, relegation spots, it's certainly not over just yet. So I mean, certainly they've got you know, the likes of, you know, Ipswich Knights and Mitchell. They need to start winning. They do. Don't about that. Mitchell has certainly had a very tough 12 months. Hopefully they can dig themselves out of their predicament on the table. We'll go through the table now quickly as well. Rochdale sit top of the table on 30 points. They are five points clear of Redlands United in second place. Uh, they're on 25, as I said. Western Pride third on 24. Then that's just Quinton Thunder round out top four on 23. Then Brisbane Strikers, who had the bye this week, they're on 22. Magpies are on 21. Sunshine Coast Fire 17. Kabulcha 15. Southside Eagles 12. 
Ipswich Knights 10, Mitchelton last on seven. So looking at the top end of the table, Adam, it's, it's the, take Rochdale out of it for a moment. There's a half dozen, there's five teams there between with a handful of points between them. Any of them could finish second to fifth, right down to Magpies on 21 points. I was going to say, don't don't forget Magpies Crusaders, who really, uh, I know we we sort of you know, glossed over the the uh, transfers this week, but they've been very very active as well in in the transfer market. They've got a number of good players, you know, namely the um, you know, East pairing of uh, Morgan Saunders and uh, Jaden Ballerizo joining them. So they they certainly they certainly believe that they are a still shot at you know, at finals football themselves and. And uh, they could they could certainly factor in, especially you now they they did have a big win over Sunshine Sunshine Coast on uh, Saturday night. They did a very good win on the road for the Magpies. We'll move on to FQPL two. There were three games played midweek: Albany Creek nil, Magic nil, Grand Sissel four, Coomera one, Win and Wolves three, North Star nil. They were games from rounds ten and eleven respectively. We'll move on to round fifteen. However, Adam, the full round played. Over the weekend, Surface Powers Apollo 3, Wynnum Wolves 0, Albany Creek 3, Virginia United 1, Grange Thistle 2, Magic United 0, North Star 1, South United 1, Holland Park Hawks 4, Turinga Rovers 0, and Coomera Colts 3, Samford 3. What's the most intriguing result there for you? Uh, Albany Creek, uh, even though they are still unbeaten, they've uh, dropped plenty of points. And uh, yeah, n- another n- another score straw, and uh, and yeah, I think uh, they're starting to lose track of Service Paradise. They are, right? and the, the surprise team, not surprised, but the team that snuck under the radar is Sanford, and they've had a three-all draw tonight with the free-scoring Coomera. So it it does seem like as much as the teams at top two are giving teams half a chance to close the gap, it seems like at the moment, at least, no one's capable of quite doing that. Yeah, no, like said that. Chances to present themselves, like even Sanford tonight, they they somehow held on. They're they're right on um, they're right on Holland Park's tail as far as third spot and that and that playoff spot. So that, that's also an additional, um, I guess, uh, I guess, some motivation for these teams to get into third third place. Yeah, absolutely. We'll go through the table now. Surf Paris Apollo, they do lead the league on thirty eight points. They're unbeaten. So are Albany Creek. They're on thirty two. Then it's Holland Park twenty four. Sanford 22, Winham 18, Magic 16, North Star 15, South 14, Grange 14, Turinga 12, Coomera 10, and Virginia on 7. So, well, the top two have probably skipped clear into those promotion spots, Adam. There's certainly a battle on for that that potential playoff matchup. Yeah, that that and as well, obviously, finals as well. Um, when, when you go, obviously, fourth as well. And it is, it is uh, right on. Even Grange Thistle now started even all the way down ninth. They're starting to find some form themselves. So, big, big win over Magic United. So, look, the, the um, there's still plenty of play for in, in the mid in the mid table of FQPL too. Like I know we we do give it, you know, the, you know take the Mickey out sometimes. Say it's a league of goals, but certainly, you know, it is it is you know, a competitive you know, division. And uh, and you know, like I said, notwithstanding Surface Paradise completely dominating, you know, even Albany, Albany Creek, you know. If they can get get their act together again, uh, they, you know, they they again, you know, probably take second. But beyond that, I think it's a lottery. Absolutely. Well, actually, you've got ninth hosting eighth in a catch-up game midweek, so it's Grange hosting South. So the winner of that game could shoot themselves right up into the top six and mm. be knocking on the door of the finals. 
yeah, no, that, that that that's a big game. That that in I see the context of you know, those those clubs' finals hopes. I think, uh, yeah, it does. It if if there is a winner in that, and even even a draw keeps both of them sort of you know in it. But uh, yeah, three points would probably be desirable for for either team. Yeah, massive three points if either of them were able to get that. We will now move on to FQPL one on the women's side, going through the scores here. Virginia one, the gap one. Brisbane City had a 3-0 win up on the range over South of Queensland Thunder. Peninsula Power had a two-all draw with Mitchelton in that one. Gold boot leader Kaylee Pufro with another two goals there for the visitors. And Western Pride had a 3-1 win over Logan Lightning. A hat-trick from Meg McGilligan. I guess it's a really the big game was the top of the table clash Adam, between Peninsula Power and Mitchelton. And to see how would the free throw Mitchelton go against Peninsula Power. And they did quite well. Yeah, well... Uh... The, they've they've managed to uh, put put more goals in uh, in one game than the entire season against Power. So they go into this game. Peninsula Power had only conceded one goal, and somehow Kelly Pomfroy has found two goals. So that, that that's um that might be a shot across the bow, especially for you know for the finals. Uh, much I, th- I think you know Peninsula Power could be very very hard to stop as far as you know. Premiership and the automatic promotion into into NPL women's, but uh, certainly if if these two teams are to meet again, I, I think they schedule me at least once more, and then into finals, uh, that they could be that could be a very fascinating uh, a fascinating sort of tie because uh, they certainly know now that they that they are that they can be breached, but uh, potential it. power as well. They 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 jumped them early, and that that's probably what at least got them one point. Absolutely. Look, goals change games at the best of times, and in, in knockout finals, they're worth all the more, aren't they? So mm. someone like Kelly Pufroy able to find the back on net twice more than anybody else had done against Peninsula Power this year. Certainly it does bode well if they do meet up at the business end of the season. Go through the table very quickly. Peninsula Power, they sit four points clear on top of the table. They're on 29, Mitchelton 25. Western Pride are also on 25. Brisbane City ran at top four on 20, then Virginia 14. Thunder 9, Logan 6, and the gap on 2. So it does seem like at the moment it is potential powers to lose, but Mitchelson and Western Pride certainly got goals in the matter, and that does make them very dangerous. And that if they were to meet in the final themselves, those two, that could be a very free, free-flowing free goal-scoring affair. I do believe it's 5-4 and 4-3 have been the two games between Mitchelton and... So it's not uh, going to be nil all going to extra time, you're telling me? Oh, yeah, well, irony probably suggests it probably will be, but uh, but uh, be as it may, yeah, you, it makes the point both teams are capable of uh, of scoring of scoring goals. The one thing I also want to point out, uh, Brisbane City, they uh, had a coaching change uh, midweek uh, with former you know former championship winning uh, coach David De Silva, who was at the QAS, has um has has been appointed the uh, the coach of Brisbane City, of Brisbane City. So, uh, look, it's welcome back to the club football for him. Uh, and so he'll he'll find um, he, he'll find a way to at least you know make Brisbane City better. Uh, I, I think maybe the ship made a sail for this season. I think that you know, obviously, unless it's a you know, a massive collapse from either Mitchelton or Mitchelton or um, Western Pride, I think that their, their chances may be done as far as you know. As getting that, getting the top two, but uh, so he'll make he'll make them competitive. He was so David. So he was the coach of the QAS when the likes of the Indy Pedro, the Friar Sisters, the Anna McGrath, that generation of 
young players that went on to win the MPL women's competition over the gap. He was the coach of that team. Yep, and also as well, uh, you know, Morton, Morton Bay, obviously Morton Bay as well. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, he, like I said, he's, cer- he's certainly, you know, you know, for, for mine, he's probably he actually's probably you know, the top three you know, best women's coaches in in the in the state. You know that you know that's in that's in the MPL at the moment. So so like, like I said, well, obviously it's it's no secret that you know Rob Askey is the number one. Uh, obviously Gary French is also up there, and David Silver's in that same same boat as far as I'm concerned. And uh, the, you know it's good to have that sort of knowledge. You know coming back into the game. It's, it's a, a nice, club football anyway. Absolutely. It's a nice list you put in there. It'll get you to finish off those rankings at some point in the future. But for now, I'll get mm. you to... I reckon I've, I've probably insulted probably a dozen other coaches. So. You probably have, which is why I'll let you do that on another day. For now, I'll get you a performer of the week. What have you got for us this week? Oh, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, Not every not every week we get to talk about a six-goal scorer. And Tegan Thompson gets performer of the week and did not really have to think about much about that one. No, it's pretty clear cut this week. Just purely, congratulations to Tegan once again, purely for the sake of bringing something different to the table. So I'm just copying you. I'll go with Sam Cronin. Great to see him back, as I said, on the scores of Peninsula Power. And we know what a great player he can be. And if he can, if he's now getting back to his full fitness, it could be a very good mid-season addition of sorts for Peninsula Power. So I think also... I was going to say also as well, Sam Cronin in form, it probably does ops, offset a bit of the sort of, you know, the concerns about Ante Poliak leave, leaving um, potential power because Poliak was probably by far, you know, power's most influential uh, player as far as on the score sheet and, you know, and, and, and you know, scoring goals, you know, in, in the first half of the season. So if Sam Cronin can obviously pick up the slack, as we know he can, um, I, that, that will probably offset that loss. No doubt about that. We'll see what they can do next weekend. That position of the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday show. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Right, we'll be back once again next week to recap all of the league action as well as the Kappa Women's Super Cup games played over the last week. And this week, we'll talk to you all then.